You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. In Psalm 13 and 3 is sleep. I want you to consider three figurative definitions of, of sleep. Number one is when a person is careless lazy or not paying attention. In a season where you should be focused, excited, and determined to receive all that God has ordained for you to have, But you're the opposite. Lazy. Careless. Unattentive. God sent a rainbow, but you missed it. Because you were not attentive. What were you doing? Sleep. Eyes open, <laughs> limbs moving, but sleep, sleep. Secondly, refusing to move forward, refusing to move forward and when you move forward in in one sense it says that you're being progressive and productive especially when you consider it in God if if God tells you to move forward it's always for purpose it's always to make you better. It's always the cause increase to come forth in your life. Uh, back in the old church, we used to say, there are higher heights and deeper depths in the Lord. But you will never experience it if you don't move forward. It's amazing how, how some folk can become stagnant and okay being in that state. Become stagnant yet be okay in that state. Can see that things need to 
go in a different direction. Seated things need to be better. But because of being sleep, just stay in that same place. Will not move forward. You got folks that's okay with being broke. Okay with always being miserable. I, I, I don't understand that. Especially when you can make a few changes. <laughs> and erase all of that. I mean, just a few changes. God would tell, when you're in God and, and you're really listening, God would tell you directly or indirectly the things you need to do in order to be productive. But if you're asleep, you won't heed it. You won't pay it no attention. You're okay with being in that stagnant place. I don't want to be in the same place. It's, it's just like uh, you used to be folk would say, well, I'm old now. I'm just going to let the, the younger folks come up. Well, where you get that from? That, that's not a Bible thing. David said, I've been young. I'm old now. But the thing that I have experienced when I was young, what I'm experiencing right now, is that God will not forsake the righteous, nor allow his seed to be begging bread. Whether you're young or old, God still has a purpose, a plan for your life that's going to cause you to be productive in every aspect. Again, he hadn't seen the righteous forsaken, nor seed begging bread. Breaking that down, David constantly seeing God's people being productive. Constantly seeing God's people moving forward. That's the reason you can never get to the point to where you're okay with being stagnant. You're okay with being in the same place. Uh, some, uh, some even go backwards. Paul so understood the significance of moving forward to where he penned in Philippians, the third chapter. One thing I do. I forget those things that are behind. That scene is over. That is done. Well, what you going to do? I'm reaching forward. I got to move on. I, I, I can't die where I am now. I got to move on. 
If it be true, tell somebody, I got too much to do. So I can't go to sleep. I can't be in a state of sleep. Got too much to do. Can't hang around folk that are okay with being unattentive. Can't hang around folk that don't have a mind to move forward because that's not a part of my makeup. That's not in my spirit soul nor in my physical being. Got to move forward. Woo, I'm getting happy up here. I wonder if you getting happy out there. Tell somebody I'm like the preacher. I got to move forward. God got some more stuff for me. God got more for me. I've got to move forward. <laughs> Nothing wrong with, with, with staying here for a minute, but it's too much more I've got to experience. It's like women, they're not going to wear the same outfit. Two days in a row. They, they, no, they, they not gonna do that. A man will put his pants. I'm gonna wear these tomorrow too. They ain't dirty. I can put. I can wear them. But a woman? Oh no. Oh no. That was yesterday. I got it put. I wore that last Sunday. Ain't no, I can't wear that this Sunday. I may wear it next month, but I wore that last Sunday. I... You have to have a progressive mind. You, you have to have a mind to move forward. You can't be sleep. Our God is a productive God. The Bible says in reference to God, he neither sleeps nor slumbers. He's constantly moving forward. And we have to take on the character of God. We can't, we can't sleep figuratively speaking. We got to keep moving forward. The final figurative definition of sleep is, is dead. Dead. Especially when you're dead in what you do. When you're dead in reference to what you do, is actually considered in one sense sin. And Romans 6 and 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. What I'm Doing is not profitable. It's killing me. Killing my life. You can be dead in your thinking. Solomon revealed you can be dead in your conversation. 
Say it in Proverbs 18 and 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And he who loves it shall eat the fruit thereof. You, you ever notice how some folks just love talking death? Love to talk negative. Love to bring up what's not happening right for them. Never see good in anything. I can't be around folk like that all the time. Well, I, I, need, I, I really don't want to be around folk like that none of the time. But we got folk that we kin to that talk death all the time. You got folk in your church. Maybe beside one right now. That talk death all the time. Sadly, you can cut on your TV, especially news. Always talking about death, something negative, ruin, what is not working. What, well, it's got to be something out there nice you can see and talk about it. No, but folk like to hear death. That's the reason we got to keep talking about death. Probably got some dead folk right now don't want me to talk about. It. No, because even, even, even the psalmist talked about, and, and the proverb writer talked about how even in the congregation there is, there is death. And often again, it's because of our, our mouth and our thinking. You're going to go through trials, but you can define your trial as something that's going to cause you to be blessed or something you hate. Because biblically, trials cause wonderful things to turn out. James said in James 1, thinking not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. As the, well, no, no, no. I'm talking First Peter now. James said, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptation or various temptations. But he talked about how in the end it's going to make you a better person. Now, earlier I started quoting Peter. Peter talked about how if you don't think it's strange concerning a fiery trial, but rejoice, things will get better. You have to make up in your mind if you're going to speak death or life. If you're going to think death or life. If you are going to be Productive or unproductive. 
It's your choice. God made us free moral agents. And so here in Psalm 13 and 3, I want you to notice closely again, the psalmist said, consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. But this is what he didn't want to happen. Lest I sleep. I sleep with death. Lord, I, I, I need you to hear me because I, I don't want to be to where I'm sleeping. That's how he defines it. The sleep of death. I don't want to sleep the sleep of death. I don't want to be in a place of ruin, a place that I'm not productive. I don't want to be there, Lord. Lord, Lord I, I don't want to be in a place to where I'm miserable. We know we gotta we, we know we have to experience pain and different things in this world, but but we don't have to be miserable while we're going through that. You know, you know, earth is not heaven, right? You're gonna go through some things down here, but you don't have to be miserable on the journey. Now that's proven that David in Psalm 23 talked about he was in a valley of the shadow of death. And, and, and a table had been set before him, but around the table was his enemies. But, but in the midst of all that trouble he was going through, he seen goodness and mercy following him. Matter of fact, he, he started out the ver he started and ended the verse right because he started out the verse talking about how the Lord is his shepherd and he shall not want. Bottom line, he, he was determined not to allow his situation to cause him to enter into a state of death, ruin. Of being unproductive. You go through things, but you don't allow the things to define you. You experience things physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and so forth, but you do not allow those things to dictate to you what you should think, talk, or do. Because when your thinking is in ruin, your talking is in ruin, and your doings are in ruin, you are a dead person. And when you stay in that dead state, you are according to the text. You are sleeping sleep of death look at him buying us some chicken but dead 
Ain't even happy why she eating the chicken. Look at her. At Ross. Complaining the whole time while she looking at the clothes. Stuff like this real. Folk be at the grocery store complaining about what they need and how high it is. And not thankful that God done gave them the money to pay for. It is what it is, but go, go ahead. If you're going to get it, get it and not complain about it. Don't let that become a part of your makeup. It's okay to have your little mom. Oh, man, this show is high. Oh, but thank God he gave me the money. But don't complain about it when you're buying it, get home, cook it, and then sit down. Oh, God, he been so high. I better eat all of them because I don't pay so. He did not want to sleep the sleep of death. He didn't want that to happen. He did not want that to happen. And so he wanted God to consider him and to listen to him. I need you to consider and to listen to me. And and, and I love that the, the Bible tells us that his ears are always open for folk that are righteous or just. When you're thinking the way you need to think, talking the way you need to talk, doing what you need to do, God, right, I hear you. Go ahead and say it, I, I hear you. Consider me. Look at what I'm going through, God. I, I've told God that a lot of times. And, and let him know, look, I, I ain't dead to what's going on. Lord, I ain't got the money for this. I, I ain't dead to what's going on with this. I ain't okay with being broke. I need you to look. Lord, we in this apartment, and, and we keep it clean, but because we stay next door to Dirty Dan, I mean, roaches in all the time. Can you see, Lord? Y'all don't get real with God when y'all pray. I, I, I already see it. Y'all don't get real. You have to be real when you talk to God. You have to let him know why you desire a change to take place in your life. Oh, you probably like some, well, you should just be thankful for where you are and just, just don't even worry. But yeah, you be thankful, but you let God know you want some change. If he came that you might have life and that more abundantly, 
but you're not experiencing it, you take that before him. And find out what you need to do in order to change it. Because you don't want to be living in death when God done promise you abundant life. Death is ruin. You don't want to be living in ruin and God done promise you abundant life. You will get tired of coming to church. You will get tired of hearing what I have to say. Because you will think it's not real. But it is real. It does work. But it only works for folk that are determined not to sleep. The sleep of death. You got to hate being in ruin. You, you got to hate living beneath your privilege. And if you bomb all the time, you got to hate bombing. If you crook all the time, you got to hate crooking. And you got to do something for your Self. Do you know the Bible says a man that does not work, does not eat. Now that, that don't mean you get eight to five or twelve to twelve, but it does mean you being productive. You doing something. If you don't put your hands to use, if you don't use what God has blessed you with, you will sleep the sleep of death you have to make up in your mind you're going to be productive because biblically God blessed folks that didn't have a job folk that, that, that didn't have a house but he, he only moved mightily for folks like that that had made up in their mind that, that they were not going to stay in the state that they were in When the famine was going on and, and, and four lepers were, were, were at the gate, they were, they, were, they were in a state of death just sitting there, wasn't doing anything, inactive. Until one spoke up and said, hey, why are we sitting here? You know if we just keep sitting here, we going to die? let's get up and do something let's do something to change this and they got up and they did something and God blessed them I'm going to say something that's going to sound hard but you know some folk be waiting on doctors to fix certain things That are beyond the doctor. You have to do for yourself. Some things you just have to go to God and say, God, look, this right here is not happening the way I, I was thinking it was going to happen. What do I need to do to change this? 
how do I need to fix this? I don't want to just sit and wait and see what they're going to do. I want to know what you would have me do. And see, that's where the psalmist was. I need you to enlighten my eyes. I need you to open up my eyes. Lord, I, I, I need you to show me what I need to do. Lord, confusion is trying to come in over here, but I need you to enlighten my eyes. Because I don't want to sleep. Sleep. I need you to change my situation. I need you to change. I know you can tell me what to do. I just need you to enlighten my eyes. Just ask your neighbor, say, you, you got some things you need God to change for you? That's that same neighbor. But do you want him to change things for you? The, the, the psalm is saying that if, if this does not change, I'm going to sleep the sleep of death. And in order for it to change, God going to have to move on my behalf. God going to have to do something supernatural for me. Sometimes you have to look at your situation and you just have to make a decision that, that God is going to have to do it if it's going to be done. And it's okay with you however he decides to do it. You just have a desire for him to move on your behalf. But you can't sleep the sleep of death and be okay. And y'all looking at me like you ain't understanding. But you know how some folk just okay with what they are. We don't want to be like that. If we need God to do something mighty for us, we, we got to learn how to call on him or let him know that we need some help. And that's what we see right here with the psalmist. But when God drop it on you, don't act like he done put too much on you for you to do. No, he, he's not going to put more on you than you can handle or bad. If you ask God for help, most of the time he'll tell you to do something so simple to where you'll be wondering, how in the world I'm going to do that and it's going to work out for me. 
I have told folks to do something so simple to where they, they looked at me as if, Lord have mercy. Why in the world is he, is he telling me to go do that? And they basically did what Naaman did after the prophet told him to go dip in the Jordan River. Naaman got the attitude, hey, uh, don't he know who I am? And, and he, he must think, because I'm from Samaria, that I don't know about that dirty Jordan River. And so he, he got an attitude to the point after the prophet had told him what to do to where he was finna go back home without a miracle. Because he didn't feel like what the prophet said was worth it. He didn't see his miracle in what the prophet said. And see, sometimes God can use a messenger to tell you something. But you don't think what is being said is for you. Or you got too much pride to do it. And so, he, he headed back to the house. Now, I I'm not going to go there, but, it, but, it, but it's in, in the Bible. Yes, it is. And so, his servant girl who worshiped God, she said, hey, master, where you going? I'm going to the house. He said, master, if the prophet had asked you to do a hard thing or something you enjoy doing, you would have did it. He said, he just told you to go dip sometimes. Just go out there and dip. Do the dip in the water. Just dip sometimes. He didn't ask you to stay in an hour. He didn't ask you. He just said seven times. She, she, he, had to, she, he had to get an additional word before he did the right thing. And the blessed thing is after he got that additional word, he did go dip sometimes. And he got his miracle. But, but God will, will allow a message to come forth. Telling, telling us what to do. Then he'll have folk get up and testify. Telling us exactly what happened. In reference to the word that they received. But you'll still have folks that will not move. Because they're asleep. Look at somebody and say, wake up. If you're asleep, wake up. My eyes open. What you talking about? Wake up. I wasn't sleeping. Yeah, your eyes wide open and you looking and all that. But 
when your rainbow comes forth, you've got to put it into action. When God gives a person space to testify about something that you're going through, that testimony is trying to wake you up. Trying to enlighten your eyes so you can receive what God has ordained for you to have. It's a dangerous thing to be asleep in church when God is trying to give you something to deliver you. Y'all all right? I got to show you something. Got to show you two passages and I'm done. Go with me to uh, Ephesians. Go with me to the book of Ephesians. Chapter 1 is where we're going. Ephesians chapter chapter 1. Lord have mercy. I'm going to start at verse 17. Paul says to the church that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may, notice, give you or give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, notice, in the knowledge of him. Basically, Paul wanted revelation to come forth and for the people of God to receive it in the spirit and use it as wisdom. Wisdom equates knowledge and understanding. Revelation comes forth, it needs to get into your spirit. What is your spirit? In one sense, it's your God consciousness. But in, in another sense, it's your attitude, your mindset. He wanted them to have the spirit of wisdom after revelation came. Wanted wisdom to be in their God consciousness. You understand? Notice this. He goes on to say in verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being in light. See, see, it needs to come to to the point to where the revelation of God will change your understanding of what you see or are experiencing naturally. See, because we often allow what we see naturally to dictate to us what we think, 
say, and do. We often allow what we are experiencing naturally, whether in our mind or in our body, determine our present and our future. But when revelation comes, you should look at what you are experiencing, literally, and what you are seeing, literally, differently. You should look at it in a whole different light because of how revelation enlightened your eyes. Now, I'm not going to go to this passage, but, but there was a time to where the prophet Elijah had been speaking the word of God to the point to where the enemy got mad at him. The enemy got so mad at him speaking the word and, and, and messing up his plans to where the enemy said, can you tell me where that fox is? <laughs> Call him a fox. Can you tell me where the prophet is? And, and so one of the, one of the folk who, who must have knew what was going on said, he down at such and such a place. Him and his armor bearer. And so Elijah was, was in a house. And so they decided, we're going to sneak up on this fox. He ain't going to be able to come out. We're we just going to surround the city so he can't get out. But see, God had already gave him revelation. Had already let him know what was going on. And so, finally, his servant got up and he, he, he got to look at his head. Well, we're on the north, <laughs> the south, the east, west too. He's a master. They done surrounded the city. And he went into a panic mode. What we going to do? You have been in that panic mode? You surrounded with stuff and then you just, what in the world am I going to do? And so the prophet said to him, he, he said, and he was just as calm. He, he said, those that are with us are more than those that are against us. Now understand that he was calm even though the enemy had came there to kill him. No evidence of him having no weapon. No evidence of it being anybody on his side but his fearful armor bearer. And see, his, his armor bearer could, could mess stuff up for him if he didn't get on the page he needed to be on. Because he, he was panicking. And, and so when he dropped the revelation on him that, look, 
those that are with us are more than those that are against us. He couldn't see that. His servant could not see it. Same way how in, in, in a pandemic, better is still here, better is still, Some folks just, I can't see that. I can't see what pastors say. I can't see going back to church. Ain't nobody else going back. I can't see it. I can't see prayer doing more than medicine. I can't see water giving me a miracle. I can't see how keeping stuff clean around the house going to cause money to come in. You can't see if you're faithful over little that God will make you ruler over much. And so Elijah said, and he, and he had to be thinking, before I tell you what he said, he had to be thinking, I can't have nobody with me. It ain't on the same page. I don't want nobody with me and, and, and I'm seeing better. <laughs> but he's seeing worse. I, I don't want to have nobody with me that, that ignoring how God is raising folk up. And blessing them on other on every hand, but they don't. I can't have nobody with me that's like that. So Elijah said, "Lord, open or enlighten his eyes." So he can see that the literal realm is not the only realm of existence. See, some folk think literal healing is the only healing. They dismiss God's healing. See, see there's more than what we, we see. God had God, God backed up his prophet. God had the city surrounded, and when he opened up the armor bearer's eyes, the, the armor bearer got on the same page, and, and all of a sudden the panic left. He started standing tall, just like his prophet. But he believed his prophet. So I'm done. Second Chronicles 20, 20. Believe the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. 
And so, and so he opened up his, his eyes. But it was through revelation. It was through revelation. When he received the revelation, when he received that word, he saw the existence of not just what was naturally happening, but what God had ordained for his people. See, you got to understand that there's always going to be a natural existence. But our thing is to see beyond that and recognize what God has ordained for us. Yeah, I see that you're saying I can't. That's your realm. But there's another realm that, that, that I see where God is saying, it's mine. It's mine. What, what I love about God, and I'm getting ready to close it, but what I love about God is, is that God can show you stuff in his realm that will change the natural realm. Peter said to the Lord one time, he said, he said, we don't love everything just to follow you. He said, there is no one. Get, you hear me? No one that has left all that will not in this life receive houses land he said but it's going to be with some persecution you still going to go through some stuff but you going to get some tangible stuff in this life but he, but he didn't finish he said and in the world to come eternal life he would let them know that he had so much power he could change the natural existence. That's how powerful he is. I, I, I've actually heard folks tell me, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm going to do it. And I'd be like, I know why you're doing it. Because God ordained it and he's still sovereign. John so understood it. That's the reason he said, he's the king of kings. Lord of lords. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. But then the Hebrew writer came in and said, He's the author and the finisher. Get this, of our faith. When you think right, He'll finish it for you. When you talk right, He'll finish it for you. When you do it right, He'll finish it for you. But you got to let him open up your eyes so you can see beyond your circumstance. When I didn't have a dime in my pocket and God told me I'm gonna, it's going to be to the point to where you're going to have more money in one day than you make in a year. Broke telling me that? I had to see myself. And it took a minute before I seen 
myself. I got in me what I was going to have, what I was going to possess before it manifested. Because that's the way God ordained for it to happen. The word got to get in you before God starts manifesting his promises, his benefits, his blessings, and so forth. So when he finally drops it on you, you'll give him all the glory, honor, and the praise. Oh, but let me hurry. Lord mercy. Listen to this. I'm, I'm still in Ephesians 1. Lord, I know I just took you on a journey, but I, y'all still with me? We'll start again at verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being helped me in light. You understand things that God is showing you. And they are, they are more clearer than what you see in the natural. I mean, I, I can tell folk with confidence. Look, if you do this right here, God going God to move for you, brother. And they be like, and, and they be thinking, it, it's me telling them that, but I ain't going to tell, because I know Walker will mess you up. When I, give you, when I give you a word after you asking me about something, I'm going to consult him. And whatever he tells me to do, that's what I'm going to, to tell you. You understand what I'm saying? You have to be to the point to where your understanding about what God is doing is more clearer than what's happening in the natural. I I don't know if I agree with that. Well, let me give you scripture since you don't. No, let me give you scripture. Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth shall, but not my word. What's beyond the natural? His word. Even though it operates in the natural. His word. You got to believe his word. You got to believe that he going to make you into what he promised. Even though right now you are a cashier at Burger King. (laughs) You got to believe that. You have to believe it where you are right now. Let me get through. Go in back, back to Ephesians. We're still in Ephesians. Ephesians 1. As I get ready to close it. Lord have mercy. I want to hit Ephesians and then I want to go to Psalms real quick. Y'all heard what the brother said now. <laughs> Ephesians 1 and 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may... Help me know what is the hope of his what? His calling. What is the expectation of his calling? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in who? Saints. God has... You are an investment to God. God's glory is manifested through his saints. That's the reason when he, 
when the, when the disciples received the baptism of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, before they received it, he told them, you're going to be witnesses unto or for me. Folk are going to see my glory in you. Folk are going to see my promises come to pass in you. See, when he blesses you or heals you, it's bigger than you. Because invested in you. He has put his power, his glory in you. So when he blesses you with what you can't do for yourself, you in turn shouldn't get the big head, but give him the glory, the honor, and the praise. For without him, Jesus said, we can do nothing. Last scripture. Let's go to Psalm. Lord have mercy. Psalm 106 is where I want to go. Notice this. Psalm 106 and 4. Remember or consider me, O Lord. That's how Psalm 13 and 3 starts. The psalmist wanted God to consider him or remember him. But notice this, by enlightening his eyes. But notice, remember me, O Lord, with the favor you have toward your people. O visit me, wealth, your salvation. What was his cry in Psalm 13 and 3? What was the implication? Save me. Enlighten my eyes so I will not sleep the sleep of death. Save me. But then, when we consider Psalm 106 and 4, it was bigger than just the psalmist that needed to be considered or remembered. It's his his people. What he was experiencing in Psalm 13 and 3, we experience. We need God's favor. Lord, this thing is killing me. I need your favor. 
What is his favor? It's when God shows you. Well, theologically, it's when God shows you kindness or goodness beyond the natural realm. And, and sometimes God, God can actually allow you to keep going through something in your body. But the thing that's been attacking your body, it can't do no more damage. God has just told it to stay. You stay. Y'all don't know how powerful your God is, do you? See, sometimes sometime, sometime we want God to just take everything away. But sometimes God will leave it there. Not long ago, I, we, we went to uh, 2 Corinthians 12, where, where, God, where Paul pleaded that he would remove the thorn of God. He left it there. What did he tell him? My grace. Which is synonymous with favor. Else sufficient. I'm going to leave that right there. And folk going to see that you living with, with, with what has killed others. Y'all ain't ready for this. Y'all ain't ready for this. Now, I'm going to let you stay on that job right there. But I'm going to make you rich on that job right there. Why? Because I want folk to see it don't matter if you're on that job or you over here got your own business. I can still make you. But if your eyes are shut, if you sleep, what I'm talking about right now is going over your head. Because you can never be to the point where folk just think the only way you can get certain things just got to be a certain way. For, for a long time, and, and I, I'm, I'm saying this, and it's, it's going, I don't want you to take it the wrong way. For a long time, that in the black neighborhood, you got to get your education. That's the only way you're going to make it. You got to get your education. That's the only way you're going to make it. And so black folks started getting education. But they were still broke. Sophisticated, still broke. Could talk proper, still broke. Is education a good thing? A wonderful thing. I'm glad to be. However, without God. We got to understand that. Without God. You talk about healing to certain folks, and the first thing, well, God gave the doctor wisdom. Yeah, I, I agree that, that God has given doctors, some doctors wisdom, and I all, but I also agree some are used by Satan. That's an area fear. What a preacher, what a lawyer, what, whatever. That's the reason God has to be number one. No matter what you do. But the only way he can be number one 
is that you have to see what he wants you to see. Because if you can't see beyond your situation, you will sleep the sleep of death. I'm going to stop right there.